Be vulnerable. I have tried forever to stop being vulnerable. It's not going to happen. So fuck it. I'll just embrace it. And how many times have I let myself be overwhelmed by fear? I can't even count. But anyways, but always, I have found the courage to overcome those two and make it. Being vulnerable has made me the artist I am and continues to be a part of my daily existence. How else could I open my heart and create? Worrying about not being good enough or being terrified to start a new project brings out the fear. So fuck it. I'll embrace the fear too. Being courageous has brought me rewards I should never forget. From accomplishing my first gallery expeditions or exhibitions to realizing I could handle trauma in my family with strength I didn't know I had. All I can hope for is that I continue to allow myself to be vulnerable, face my fears, and go on with courage. Maybe when facing our very own human vulnerability and fear, we should take off the armor and adopt those two with an open heart. Maybe that is the ultimate act of courage. Be vulnerable. Hello and welcome to episode 358 of Under the Cull of MS, a Fuck It Friday episode. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I am going to do some comics here to start with. And then I'll just go over some of my notes and whatever I have laying around and see see what I feel like talking about. I just don't know. It's just I felt like putting out another episode. I've been reading way too many comics that I'm going to have too many to do my standard episodes next week so i figured i'd get just go through some more of these comics and then go through some other things i wasn't happy with the star wars questions yesterday so i'm going to ask the next three star wars questions and see if these are better if they have answers that i like or that i know and we're going to start out with that right off the bat question number one what part of the second Death Star did Rebel Starfighters attempt to knock out? What part of the second Death Star did Rebel Starfighters attempt to knock out? That's question one. Question two. Who had a droid in charge of his labor pool? Who had a droid in charge of his labor pool? And question three is, what was C-3PO's three-word response when startled by Jabba's door scanner? That was, what was C-3PO's three-word response when startled by Jabba's door scanner? And we'll get those answers later on in the show. That little quote was by... Rita Clint, an artist, 
Nice. On some type of bucket quote. And I really like that one. And then let's talk about some comics. All right. We got from DC Black Label, we have the final issue of Batman vs. Bigby, A Wolf in Gotham, number six. This was a great ending to a great run. You get to see what happens when Batman and the Big Bad Wolf take on the bookworm and his flunkies that he has around him. And we get to see some other characters pop up that we may or may not have expected to show up again or at all. And it it was a fun run. And if you liked Fable's storyline at all, uh, you'll enjoy this. Uh, I like the Fables because they're more badass. It's like Big B, the Big Bad Wolf is... Well, in the video game that I play, the Fables video game, he uh, plays a pretty rough and gruff detective. And I kind of locked onto that character through that video game and really enjoyed it. And that's why... (coughs) Excuse me. That's why when I... uh, came across this storyline I was super happy to see that I was hoping that they'd do a good job with it and make it really enjoyable and they did nice simple six issue run gave a nice story pumped it out lots of action lots of mind games and playing around with things Batman still got a little too much attitude And for a guy that's out there to help people, he sure as heck doesn't give many people a chance when they appear, if they look different or if they act different. Batman's jumping down their throat instantly without even thinking. And that's one of the things that annoys me about the bat. It's like simmer down, you little spoiled brat. And your parents die when you're young, but you basically grew up with a a better parent anyways your parents wouldn't have been around much if they would have been around and instead you had a alfred that was there all the time for you so many kids grow up with foster parents and stuff so get over yourself and i'm sure there's a reason behind your dad's escapades i don't know a single rich person that's good fully good throughout their blood there's something wrong with them if they're rich somehow they got their money and had to do some evil things to get it but that was definitely fun check it out they should have the trade paperback coming out here pretty quick i think we did talk about it i wanted to pass couple previews catalogs next up is the blue flame from vault comics This is number seven. Chapter seven. Divine intervention. Facing consequences for his most recent act of vigilanteism. Sam plummets towards rock bottom. 
Meanwhile, the blue flame gets a first-hand look at what happens when an entire civilization is annihilated. Shattered by what he witnesses, the flame desperately searches for some proof of a benevolent force in the universe, as Sam faces his own oblivion in Milwaukee. Uh, the story's getting good again. It keeps bouncing back and forth. I know we got to deal with his depressed asinineness <laughs> after being shot in the spine, having his injuries and suffering through it, and then us having to suffer along with them. And we get the alien tribunal stuff. We go back to a lot of that in this episode. And we're also dealing with Mateo, who is sitting in prison while the blue flame is being hunted down for pulling a gun on someone. And it's tearing up the family. His sister and him are just feuding. His ex and him are feuding. It's just everybody's so against this poor guy. And. I mean, granted, he's a prick sometimes, but he's also dealing with a lot of shit, and people should accept that and understand it and not be such asses to him all the time, but he doesn't need to be an ass back either. And and in this episode, he's kind of realizing some of that and kind of pulling his shit together. Getting back to the enjoyable character that we grew to love in the first couple issues. And getting away from the full-on depression of the of his disability from the gunshot and everything that happened around it. Again, we're still playing with the whole thing that this might be just... Him in therapy, losing his mind, going through this stuff. But honestly, the way some of the people are treating him at this moment, and he's trying to help Mateo out and tries to do things for people, and then everybody just comes down on him about it. They don't look at his side of the story. They just look at him being depressed and uh, all alcohol and drugged up and just... They're thinking he's gone. He's lost his mind. He's batshit crazy. He keeps talking about the tribunal and all that stuff. But honestly, I think we'd be better off just having our planet destroyed because we're just all a bunch of pricks. <laughs> None of us can get along decently long enough. At any moment, anybody just snaps because they can't deal with other people around them uh it's just yeah i'd like to try and figure out what we can do or where this is going to go if we're going to get fully if we're going to actually figure something out here 
pretty quick and get the answers that we need or if they're going to push this story off as long as they can. I really hope this doesn't go beyond 12 issues, but there again, the next comic I'm going to talk about, I did not expect to go beyond 12 issues, but apparently we are already going into number 13 after this one. So this is crossover number 12. This is by Image Comics. Donnie Cates, Geoff Shaw, DeCunifer, John J. Hill. <laughs> and this is just a lot of fun. Every issue has some new type of hilarity, new type of enjoyment. We get to see the character Negan, the black and white character Negan, show up at the Kirkman estate. And you get to see what happens when Negan goes in the Kirk Kirkman's house and what ensues along the way. And we also get deeper into Donnie Kate's character in here. And I mean, this is a, this could just, I gladly see this go on and on with a variety of different writers, artists, uh, characters. I mean, you could, you could go on with this forever and it would be tons of fun. I'm happy to see that, but I at least want this damn storyline <laughs> to get to a point. And we're on issue 12. We got number 13 coming up. We still got a variety of characters in here, so I'm really not sure how long we're going to go. It says that insanity concludes in the final chapter of, and then it says, meanwhile, crossover issue 13. So I just have this feeling they're going to play it out longer. But this is definitely one of the top stories of the year or the last couple of years. Very fun. New look at the comic industry and new look at the whole comic characters and everything. And if you have not read that one, I definitely suggest checking that out. I mean, you look at my pat, my bad patch, my batch of comics that I'm talking about today, and you can pretty much say, yeah, I should probably put every one of these in my <laughs> collection. At least those first three. Now this one is the second run now we're starting up. We did Dynamite. I think it Dynamite Lives. And then now we're on Dynamite Never Dies. This is issue one by Dynamite Comics. I enjoyed, I believe it was Dynamite Lives. I enjoyed that run. 
it did not have an ending, and now I know why. Because now we jump over to the jungle where uh, something from space is crashing in the jungle, and it just so happens to land where else but near Tarzan. (laughs) So we get to see the Tarzan character and how him and Jane deal with their... I mean, Jane's a badass in here, wielding guns with a baby strapped to her. I just, I did not, ex- when I seen that Tarzan was going to be part of this, I'm not, like I said in the past, I'm not into the Conan characters anymore, the savagery characters and all that, but I can't say that because now there's a, I forget which story line that I'm following has Conan in it. This one has Tarzan in it. Uh, We got introduced to oh, the Savage oh, what the heck is it? I got like the Savage 6 stuck in my head. The Savage Avengers, I think it is. Has been pumping out comics again. They have interesting characters in there that I want to follow, so I'm following that. I think that's where the Conan character's back in. That is going to be in one of them that I pre-ordered. Uh, I think Conan's actually controlling uh, the leader of that group of characters of Avengers. But yeah, this is actually... I'm like, right off the bat, I'm like, ah, Tarzan. It's going to be boring. I fell in love with the character right away. It took me half a page, and I was into him. So it was was definitely worth checking out. Uh, I'm guessing this is going to be another five-issue run, maybe. Dynamite Never Dies. Number one from Dynamite Comics. Check it out. That's fun. Another one that's super fun. That's the best of the Spawn series. Why? Probably because Violator Spawn, the the clown, Bounty is in this one consistently. So that's why this one. But that's not the reason that this is the best of the Spawn runs. It's the best of the spawn runs because of Gunslinger. Gunslinger spawn number five. Not sure if we're going to be ending this pretty soon or not. If this is the penultimate. But it should be because this should. We're dealing with. Clowny and Violator. And. Gunslinger spawn just battling it out, dealing with each other, trying to figure things out, whether they're going to work together or not, how they're going to deal with Spawn, why he wants him to join up to go after Spawn, and all that stuff. We get that all figured out in this issue, so I think this might be the penultimate, and we might be jumping over to just the Spawn comics here pretty soon. We, I'm hoping that and I don't really hope. I mean, you could just give me this. 
issue after issue gunslinger spawn with the clown and violator and throw in regular spawn and all the other characters and just cross them over into the gunslinger spawn one run and i'd be super happy but as we know gunslinger spawn is weak sadly i think he's gonna die in this battle i don't think he's gonna last uh he's hoping that he can get back to his western realm his his times his get it's sent back in time to like two years before all this shit happened to him but i don't think that's gonna happen i have a feeling this gunslinger is gonna die off because he's getting weak he's running out of bullet bullets and as we know the weaponry he uses has parts of his soul and parts of his body making up the gist of those weapons because that's how he those are the weapons he uses to kill the entities and so he has to be very limited on those ones and not waste those but he's been using them lately and he's getting weaker and weaker so i don't I'm going to be bummed if they do kill him off, but who knows? And if they kill him off and he still gets to go back to his family back in time, that would be fine with me, but I just, I like the character. I want to see him do more and more and more and more, but yeah. Then we jump over to X-Gwen. No, no, no. This is She-Hulk. Number two with the variant cover, X-Gwen variant. They had a bunch of X-Gwen variant covers recently for a bunch of comics, and I got a few of them. But Jennifer Walters was a shy attorney, good at her job, and quiet in her life. When she was gunned down by criminals, a gamma irradiated, irradiated Blood transfusion from her cousin, Dr. Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Incredible Hulk, didn't just give her a second chance at life, but also super strength and bulletproof green skin and unbelievably gorgeous hair. She is the sensational She-Hulk. Previously, after going through the ringer with the Avengers, Jennifer Walters, known to many as She-Hulk, decided to return to civilian life. She rejoined her former boss, Mallory Book, at her law firm and regained access to her former residence, a penthouse apartment owned by Janet Van Dyne, the Wasp. With her old job and her old wardrobe, everything was coming up gem. That is, until someone unexpected crashed back into her life. Jack of Hearts was a friend and fellow Avenger, a half-alien, half-human superhero with the powers of a nuclear reactor. Jen thought he was dead, so why is he lying in the middle of her floor? Well, you'll have to read this issue to find out. Say, I don't know jack about this jack of hearts character but i quickly 
fell in love with him. I like this character. I want to know more about him. I don't think I would have liked him as much before this. I think because of what happened to him and stuff, I like him better. But uh, he seems like he would have been kind of really anal in his previous life. But we get to see uh, how her, how Jen and him get along and figure things out and why he's alive, why he's in the wasp's apartment and what he's searching for. And Jen just happens to be in the apartment and gets to deal with him. This is another great run. I am liking this a lot. I don't know how many I will give it overall. Because when I get into these characters, I know that after the first three or so issues, I'm going to see them in the $0.75 to $1.50 bargain bins really soon. So I'm kind of thinking that I'd be better off just jumping off and then getting the bargain comics here and in a few months, and then I can read a bunch of them at once instead of reading one and waiting a month, reading another one. Uh, I'm forgetting the story in between, and I gotta get caught back up. It's like I, I remember what happened with her meeting up, getting her job, and all that from the first issue. But yeah, it's like I read too many comics, so it's like every month I'm trying to re up my brain and re reimagine remember what happened in the last month's comics then we have one left task force z number five from dc comics again this should be a black label uh this would be a good comic for the black label run uh we have a variety of characters i can't even tell you all the names and we got grunde we got is it nightwing or one of the batman characters uh we got man bat i mean there's this bloom character is just a trippy alien i don't know anything about and But we have two different factions that happen to be at the same party and they're here to deal with things, but yet, yet we're not seeing them get along well. I mean, Deadshot is constantly fighting with this Red Hood Bat character and... Grundy and Man Bad are going at each other. You got some characters that are zombified, some that are normal. Uh, the Bloom characters, like the main issue and the main focus on this issue, 
but we're also seeing what happens between Waller's crew and Two Faces crew, and there's just too many Suicide Squad members all in the same space. But I got the cardstock cover with the dark looking bloom character on it it's just an awesome cover uh but yeah i i like this run i don't i thought it was gonna end by like five or six issues so we'll see what's up with the next one see if it ends on that or if we're gonna keep going but i've enjoyed it but yeah, I can honestly say every comic that I reviewed today is something that I would suggest jumping on. I, I, I'd check every one of them out if you haven't. See if you enjoy them. And if you don't, you can send me a message. Yell at me. And, but yeah, I like them. So, fuck it. Check them out. See if you like them. But we're running out of time here for this segment. I guess I'm going to come back for a second portion. Right after this, I was expecting to get the whole thing today done in the first half hour. But I guess we'll run a second segment and see what else I can figure out to talk about. Be back right after this. I might have your answers soon. You can't be a pussy all your life, Todd. Someday you're just going to have to say, fuck it. All right, we're back. <clears throat> That's just some Donald Ray Pollock quote from Knock'em Stiff. Nice, like, because it's got Todd in there and my brother's Todd. <laughs> Quit being a pussy, Todd. Gotta suck it up. Alright. What else are we going to talk about today? Uh, I suppose I could go over the answers for the three questions. Get those out of the way. Let's see. Question number one. What part of the second Death Star did the Rebel Starfighters attempt to knock out? I don't know. Wasn't this at the Central Core thingy? The main reactor. Yep, that's what I meant. The big thing in the center of the Death Star. Who had a droid in charge of his labor pool? Oh, wouldn't that be Luke? Because he was always telling the droids to do things for him. But nope, that was Jabba the Hutt. Okay, yeah. I guess he did have that droid. All right. And then the final question was, what was C-3PO's three-word response when startled by Java's door scanner? Beep, beep, beep. I don't know. <laughs> Goodness gracious me. Uh, yeah. I failed. <laughs> All right. So that's that. Uh, I did go to a movie again. I don't know if I talked about it or not. 
Did I talk about that I went to see Batman? The Batman last Friday. Sat there and went for the matinee. Went and checked out Pattinson, see how he did the Batman. And he did all right. I I don't blame him for the faults of the movie. I felt it was he did a all right job as the Batman, but I think he'd be better playing the character that he plays in the movie, the vigilante. I don't think he needs to be considered the Batman. I just the Batman and the villains around the Batman. I don't know if it's just me, if I'm getting really old or what the fuck, but they all look like teenagers to me. And if the storyline's based around Teenage Batman, fine. But I don't believe it is. I believe this would be a Batman that was at least in his late 20s, early 30s. But not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't read enough Batman storylines, so I'm going to be the fussy ass that has these little technical issues that just kind of caught me off guard, kind of bugged me. Uh, this Batman's more like uh, Ninja Turtle Batman. He's got his own little sewer system cave his subway cave whatever you want to call it instead of a bat cave an actual bat cave i don't like that it's like stick with the bat cave concept the mansion out in the out in the boonies outside of town in the cliffs of gotham in the mountains of gotham the hills of gotham and the bat cave underneath the mansion that's the way I like my Batman. I don't. I don't like when they changed the whole storyline up, and now he's got the Wayne House, Wayne Mansions, right in the middle of Gotham, and he's got his old Bat Subway station or whatever you want to call it underneath the manor there. Uh, but like I said, I don't, there's 5 billion bat stories out there and I'm sure they went many different routes with the characters. But what I'm seeing with possible upcoming characters and the characters we dealt with in here, <clears throat> I don't want to give any names or anything away, but, uh, they just seem so young, so little, so, I mean, these characters, I don't think, in a real-life atmosphere would have lasted that long, but who am I to say? <laughs> I could be completely foolish. I Like I said, I liked the movie for what it was. I just have my picky parts, my issues. I mean, we're dealing with a bat character that has a 
non-super armored, non-specialty vehicles. I mean, the vehicles are very, very minor in their uh, advancements. Uh, so I would think for their protection and all that stuff, how they should hold up and stuff. It's almost like we aren't there with the bat character. We're not dealing with a bat character that has all the goodies he wants. As people building him specialty equipment, specialty clothes, all that stuff. A needle can go through the bat suit, but shotguns and bullets from a few feet away, bombs going off, all that, don't damage the suit at all. You have your face. The bat face is always showing below the top half of the cowl. I'm not seeing the face get dirty. I'm not seeing scars. I'm not seeing cuts. I'm not seeing <laughs> ash or burns or anything from shotgun blast. I mean, when you shoot a shotgun, and you could see they weren't using slugs. They're using bird shot or whatever. The pellets are going everywhere. And you're telling me nothing's hitting this guy in the face. A bomb explodes a few feet from you. Nothing's hitting you in the face. The rest of your suit, you can use the excuse. I got some experimental, super duper, bulletproof armor that's no one knows about it's some specialty whatever some space alien came down and made it for me marvin the martian made me an outfit whatever but damn it <laughs> details i mean you get a city being blown apart you got water everywhere people in the water and you're telling me there's no electrical wires that are touching this water but yet we're worried about one electrical item that's falling towards the water and we're going to take care of that and no other water electrical issues. I don't. And there's a lot of little quirks throughout this movie that were just like, what the fuck? Obviously this director said, fuck it. Let's just <laughs> make a film and we'll do what we want. And, keep the stars looking pretty we don't want them to look like they've been in going through any type of thing and i mean yeah when he's pulling people out and stuff then he's got dirt on them and stuff like that <laughs> but um, during the battles and all that there's just a lot of pretty faces bouncing around a lot of gunshots and explosions going off and a lot of people not really getting affected the way they should but that being said, I the movie had its good parts, had its issues, but I just I I'm glad I went to it. I'm glad I didn't take the wife. This would definitely have not been a movie for her. Uh, they're obsessed with the stupid ass dark movies lately I and mean, between the eternals and this 
I can't see the damn movie. I thought being in a theater it would be better with the darkness, but nah. It's just why we gotta be so dark with all the all the good fight scenes are in the dark. You don't want that. You want to see what the hell's going on. Ain't the dark night. All that shit. He goes out at night and parties. You're in the middle of a freaking city, bat dude. <laughs> I don't know why Gotham doesn't have lights on the streets and stuff. I don't know why it's got to be such a dark city. I mean, I'd be depressed as hell if I lived there too and I'd be a crime lord. It's like, what else do you have to do? It's depressing looking at that town, that city. But, uh, yeah, it was a good film. It just, and I'm so happy to see Someone take over for Doofus, uh, the last one, the last bat. Well, not Affleck. 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 Uh, the one before him, Bale, Christian Bale. I, just, I was so done with the whole dark bat stories with the him, and now we're going right back to him. I guess we're gonna. Stick with the more vigilante style, the street kids. I guess we're going to get into who knows. And maybe this time we'll have a Batman that's the same age as a Robin. They'll have little bat children out there <laughs> running the streets, uh, taking care of the city. Who knows? But I love the Catwoman character. She did awesome. She reminded me of some wonderful ladies from the past that did the character. Uh, But then again, I got another issue. Why are you giving us all these Gotham series and all this other shit? We're going back to hearing that Batman and Selina Kyle grew up together. They knew each other. And now this one, they don't know each other at all, but then Batman, the Batman character calls her Selina at one point early in the film before they're really supposed to know who they, each other are, apparently, at least according to the storyline, the way I took it. But he called her Selina, so I, I didn't like that. It's like they should have knowledge of each other from the past. I mean, even if he's a rich prick orphan, orphan, and she grew up in the orphanage, they're still going to cross paths because of donations and all that shit, little events, all that. Somehow they would have crossed paths. So I don't like, don't like that they didn't know each other from their childhood in this movie. At least that's how I took it. But I did like the Catwoman character in here. And I did like Pattinson. He did a good job. I I just didn't take him as Batman. I took him as a young adult hood hoodlum vigilante, just out and about doing things and having the cops on his side to an extent. And I'm sorry, I you got the Batman out, knocked out, laying there, and there's fifty, a hundred cops around him. Nobody's going to walk up and unmask him. 
and they're going to wait till he wakes up an hour later and then think about unmasking him. I mean, really? <sighs> but yeah, it's a good movie. You should check it out. <laughs> Just three hours, I mean. Holy shit. You're going to give me a three hour movie? I want number one. I want at least half of it to be bright enough that I can see what the hell is going on. Number two, follow up with your storylines. Pay attention to it. Proofread your goddamn script and double check things over and make sure. And I could be wrong. I, I always am. Everybody thinks I'm, every time I say anything, someone has a completely opposite view. So I'm usually wrong in my opinion, but hey. What can I say? I'm still a Michael Keaton Batman fan. I'll take that any day over the rest. Even at the age he is now, I think he still played the perfect Batman. Uh, Another movie I checked out yesterday, F9, The Fast Saga on Hobo Max. Uh, this one, of course, you got your ridiculous escapes, undamaged, undirty, pretty little faces again in another movie. This is a movie where they're just flying all over the place, bouncing off shit, breaking shit, but frames aren't getting bent. I mean, I go off the curb at 30 miles an hour and I bend the frame on a car. (laughs) It's like... These guys are jumping off cliffs and driving off cliffs and catching a cable that hooks onto their car and swings them across the open. <laughs> it's a uh, terrible, terrible, terrible graph. I mean, they're at the point they can't come up with no new ideas. So they're just doing completely undoable, ridiculous stunts that uh, it's just terrible. <laughs> No dust, damage, or marks on a lot of vehicles during the whole uh, chases and everything like that. Or they'd be clean, then they'd be dirty, then they'd be clean in the next image. It's like, really, you guys didn't really pay attention to your video format and look that over? Uh, No suspension or oil pan damage when they're flying off all these things and landing as hard as they do and christ i just go over over a bump or a speed bump or something and i got a hole in my oil pan and it's just and then i didn't even know he was in it all of a sudden john cena appears the nightmare is everywhere it's like Oh, can I ever watch a movie without John Cena anymore? <laughs> and granted, I I like what happened with the Peacemaker series, but uh, yeah, I'm still not a fan. He's still not a fan, and he just everywhere I look, he just pops up. Uh. Groups of innocents, they avoid death and damage from bullets and the debris. I mean, you got buildings collapsing. You got bullets just 
hundreds of them being shot into crowds of people and not a single person's getting hit. Uh, the characters themselves, I mean, running in front of a vehicle that can outdrive your running speed and you're running across areas where there's landmines and you got bullets up the ass being shot at you and rockets and everything else and you're this character is just running on his feet and jumping around things and not getting touched it's like, yeah it not happening uh it's definitely one of the most snooze fest of all the Fast 9 films or Fast and Furious films that I've seen so far. but It's just so much stuff not damaged by bullets or explosives. So much stuff not even being pulled in by these super magnets when big ass cars are. It's like, what about all the little stuff around? I mean, there'd be so much other stuff that would be getting sucked in if they're doing that if they're pulling cars and semis and all that shit in but it's fast and furious fun as usual I and mean, it's fun watching the ideas that they come up with the different chase scenes and the explosion scenes and the different ways of using the vehicles to do things to rob things to attack things protect against things all that shit so, yeah, it's your standard Fast and Furious fun, but ugh. really rough. I got lots of work done while I was watching it, at least. That's a good thing, so maybe I missed something that was actually good <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> but, all right, then yesterday, on, uh, I think it was Wednesday, we had another Sony state of play. They must be doing these like every month now or something like that. So for PlayStation video game fans, you get some things coming out on Sony and probably many other platforms, a lot of these, but uh, the first one they showed was Exo Primal, which is like Exo Fighters and Dinosaurs. Uh, is like Leviathan next-gen AI system. It's coming out in 2023, but it looked pretty in, pretty cool. It looked like a lot of fun. They have Ghost Ghostwire Tokyo. It's an under, underworld battle with special powers. Hunt for the truth. Harness your power. Face the unknown. It looked like a lot of fun. Definitely want to check that one out. I hope it's not subtitled the way the preview was, but most games I play without the volume anyways. Well, the wife's sleeping, and then I'll just read the subtitles, so I guess it wouldn't hurt. Uh, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins coming out. And some more Final Fantasy stuff. Forspoken, it's got... Big-ass dragons, powers, battles, adventures, big destruction. All kinds of action and adventure going on. It looked pretty interesting. Gundam Evolution. It's got like six 
six v pvp so six versus player versus player there's three game modes basically gundam battles uh not my cup of tea teenage mutant ninja turtle they got the kawabunga collection coming out it looked like a lot of different teenage mutant ninja turtle games all wrapped into one so i, I didn't it's like turtles in time and all those it just it went by so fast i didn't get a chance to see all the different games that were going to be on on the list but looked like a lot of good ones from the past then we got uh giga bash which is basically a kaiju brawler that i talked about not long ago um there's jojo's bizarre adventure all-star battle it's a fighting game street fighter style game looked interesting but i'm just not into those fighting games i'll play them but won't waste my money on them there's trek to yomi which was a samurai battle story which i'm not in big on those but looked like it had a pretty good storyline to it but again i think it had a bunch of subtitling and stuff going on returnal and they also have returnal ascension update coming um fight die return uh, basically battle over and over again to get your way up the tower looked interesting but i wasn't fully uh fig- i fully didn't figure out what the concept of it was so. but i'd definitely check it out the diofield chronicle which is a story battle takeover lands kind of like a risk in 3d uh, amped up Looked interesting, but not really pulling me in. And there's a Valkyrie Elysium. It's a fantasy exploration, and you get to battle as a Valkyrie character. Uh, It looked like you're battling demons, and you got to save the world. Looked fun and interesting. I'd check that one out, but not anything that... I need to play or I'm dying to play. So I have to see it and try it and do a trial on it or something. But, but yeah, bucket. That's it for state of play. Uh, back in my day, kitties. <laughs> Let's see. I go all the way back to pong. I played pong. I had a pawing system. I still do somewhere, I think. I think it might be in the attic. Uh, I had all the different Ataris. The Atari, the Atari 2400, 5200. All the different ones they had. Uh, Nintendo came out. We were obsessed. Got Legend of Zelda right out to bat and played that thing all the way through first. Stayed awake for a few days, me and a couple friends. It was one of my first introductions to a little white substance. <laughs> uh, let's see. ColecoVision, Intellivision. Uh, I had the Odyssey system, which was sold through our True Value hardware store. And then, of course, 
PlayStation, Atari, or Nintendo 64, all the handheld, the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, all them different ones. And it's been a long ways to back in the day. One of the greatest gaming systems ever that we had handheld-wise was a little football game that was just little horizontal little line-shaped characters. That's all they were. Just these little dots on the screen. And uh, you just moved them up and down and down the football field. And it was just, we spent hours upon hours, days, weeks playing that game. It was just so much fun. I still have one. I still, when I grab it, and it's just as fun as it was back then. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I picked up the other day at, uh, I think I might have mentioned it, that I was at, Goodwill and found this whole uh, sports game. The old style one where you lay the pieces of paper on it and these little lights light up and you get your stats and all that stuff. It has NFL, soccer, basketball, hockey, and a variety of different sports that you can flip the cards around and change up the different sport and then go out to different stats and that's how you play the game. I figured fuck it. It was five bucks, I think. Pick it up, check it out, see if it still works. Hold on to it for a while and then sell it down the road. And someday I'm going to have a damn knickknack shop with a comic book store included. Because fuck it, I'm buying these comics anyways. I'll be able to buy more if I I get them myself and I have other people buying through me. And then I can afford to get more comics, so why not? So I need my damn dink, knick-knack shop that's connected to a house. So I don't have to drive to work. I can just wake up in the morning, put on my, my walk-around PJs. I like to sleep in the nude, so you don't want me walking out there <laughs> into the shop nude. And I'll just put my daytime walk-around PJs and go hang out in my shop and sell comics and play games and sell a bunch of oddball shit and this and that and whatnot and but that'll never happen. I'm not a rich prick. I gotta live with whatever I can find in my means. And the world just doesn't work for us. 99% just only works out that way for the 1%. They have their big ass yachts, yachts that they gotta rip bridges down. But you notice how some of the biggest assholes have the biggest yachts? <laughs> and Putin and Bezos. Yeah. All right, don't want to get back into that. Fuck it. It's supposed to be a fun day. So, hope you enjoyed the first fucking Friday. And check out Crimson Cull Comic Club. Check out Under the Cull. You can check out the YouTube versions. I don't think we'll ever bring Under the Cull back. I was really hoping we would, but it looks like that member isn't with us anymore much, so I don't know if we're going to ever get back together in that group aspect, but check out the past ones and keep following us, and we'll get back to you again soon. Don't know when, but soon. <laughs>